Warning, if you're faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. All right, well, this is the Nick Fertucci Show, and there's not going to be any cute opening today because Veronica's not here. We're here with Eric Pearson. Eric, would you like to say hello? What's up, guys? <laughs> the signature. Anyways, this is the Nick Fertucci Show. Let's go. Okay, Eric, you're down. You uh, today is it's Friday. You played last night on Hustler. I did. You did. You lost a quarter million. Yeah, like two fifty. Yeah. Two f- <laughs> Yeah, and we uh, we talked about for like two minutes, and y- let's talk about what you told me. You, we, we, I asked you about the game, and you told me a couple things. You said a the game was too small, which fucks you up a little bit, right? And you were telling me about some of the mixture of the game, and what what was the problem last night? Well, you know, honestly, the, the um, everyone in the game is super friendly, but at the end of the day, that's a really small game, one two on it. I don't, I don't really play that low at all, and and um, I'm used to playing with a lot more talented players, frankly. And so, what what happens is when you play with um, a lot of players who are in different stages of their their poker career, um, especially in the beginning, they tend to overvalue a lot of different hands that would um, get different weight, and they'll um, bluff value goes way down and. So really, is the, the optimum strategy in a game like that is honestly sort of to knit up, um, wait for top pair, and, and bet it. And if like you're just trying to be a winning poker player, um, that would probably be the most optimal strategy. The second best strategy to, would be just embrace the volatility with a lot of really weak opponents, uh, like Alan Keating does, and just create even more volatility, knowing that you're going to have the edges and slight edges you're good with, and you're going to push them further. Um, and in the end, you're going to probably be very profitable as well. Um, so for me, it's just one of those days where you know, I thought that uh, Dwan was coming in. It's going to be me, Dwan, and Tonius. Dwan obviously uh, flaked at, at the last minute. So um, it ended up just being where there's not a lot of balance. And it just meant that, you know, people were having fun. And, and um, I love playing with DJ, and, and Batman's fun to play with. And But um, for me, when you're playing much, much higher, you know, I'm playing uh, two, 4,000, even as high as eight, sixteen thousand. 16,000. Um, a game like 1, 200, honestly, I'm just doing it for views. And, you know, so losing's fine because. Um, I'm kind of polarizing. I'm a polarizing player, and there's there's haters and there's lovers and there's defenders and there's champions and there's people who, you know, think I suck. And but they all watch at the end of the day. Yeah. And um, and I get some of the highest views. Two of the three highest views are, are hustlers. I'm on it. So it's like right. Um, so that it's kind of like this old Howard Stern thing, where it's like when people hated Howard Stern, they watched twice as long than the people who liked him. But they all watch. Right. And so I do this for views. I'm building a brand, uh, Maverick Gaming, and um, and it's an authentic gambler's brand, you know. So it's about my casinos, and uh, it's built by gamblers for gamblers. And uh, this is the life I live, and so I'm happy to give people a glimpse into it. Um, you know, stream probably represents maybe four percent of my play, but um, it's an important part because uh, it gets all the social media going, and and uh, it uh, builds a lot of awareness for Maverick. So it's really cool. Yeah, you hit about about ten things I'm going to ask you about. So I'm going <laughs> to circle back Go ahead. to a lot of this in a second. Um, but in layman's terms, and of course you said it fine, but in layman's terms, basically it's like this. First of all, the game is too small for you. Yeah. You play, like you mentioned, 4, 8, even sometimes 16K no limit blinds, right? Yeah. We're, we're, first of all, be, I'll ask you that in a minute, where the fuck you play that at and with who. <laughs> uh, but but the, first, what you're basically saying is this. If you have a table full of wrecks that the money means a lot more to them than you do, it's it's hard. So you like a mixture of some good players yeah. with some wrecks because then you're able to navigate through because the other way, like you said, you either have to be Alan Keating and just embrace total variance because you can't your bluffs your bluff range your bluffs are mean less yeah, right way less yeah way less and so or or the other strategy would be to be me and to knit it up. And uh, and 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 to play that way because the games I play in are like that. They're crazy. They're all over the place. And if I was to play like that, I would have to embrace the variance and and have swings that are that are massive unless I play the way I do. So it makes sense to me. Where do you play for eight sixteen thousand? Where does this happen? I mean, those are private games, and honestly, I'm not going to get into details. And okay. there's a lot of people that um, that that um, the broader America population is very much aware of. So it's like uh, yeah, it's celebrities and it's it's big businessmen and. 
right? Um, and it's games that'll never be on TV. What do you? Of course. What do you? And probably for a host of a lot of reasons, those people don't want to be on TV. Right. Can't be. What do you enjoy more? And now I understand that you enjoy the bigger games, but do you enjoy more that private setting with the? With, forget about the the blinds, or do you enjoy more being on stream, putting on a show? Well, you know, for me. Um, I, I was born to be in a casino, so I, I, I just love everything about just the environment, the, the, the smell, the noise, everything, yeah. and and they're just all different. So um, when you're playing in big privates and with people who are, are very successful in what they do, it's it's, it's very interesting. The, the conversations are mm-hmm. a lot different than conversation you'd normally have because you're able to get insight from, from people who you know really succeeded in life. Right, and, and that's super cool. You know, so and then it's also it's a lot of fun to. Um, to go play uh, at Hustler and um, and DJ's just having a great time and Batman he's you know he's trying his best and he's got these um, little digs or whatever and you know and, and so it's it's just, it's fun to see those the post-it people. notes yeah yeah post-it notes it's, it's sort of it's it's just fun to it's all different you know so yeah. it's not like you say hey I'd do this or that it's the best of both worlds but yeah and and um and and, and streaming for me serves a purpose and, unless it's like. Um, super high end streaming and and like when I'm on high stakes poker and I had um, Dwan Ivy, Garrett Adelstein, Bryn Kenny, mm-hmm. and 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 you know I, and, and and myself like so so unless I'm getting super talent which is also a lot of fun or like I just I just did a bunch of stuff with uh, with Andrew Robel and mm-hmm. and um, Dean Eggs and and like that that was also a lot of fun so it's like it just depends it's, it's all different yeah. And I just love everything about being in a casino. Totally. No, I get it. And let's talk about being in a casino. Let, let's get some of the your background out of the way because I have a million questions for you. But this is from you. You graduated from Georgetown uh, Law Degree. Yeah. And you had an undergrad from UNLV? I do. Five undergrad degrees. Oh, that, I'm sorry. You did. Yeah, five undergrads. And you got 64 credits in one year. What were you doing? Were you just in the class all day or yeah, what the fuck? Seven, seven in the morning until 930 at night. I think 150. What was the purpose of that? You just are, once you get focused on something, you just, you just go after it hard or was there a plan for that? It's part of, um, part of, partly what you said is, is accurate. Like either I do something and I do it really, really well. Or I don't do it at all. Yeah. It's sort of like my personality. And, um, but at the time it was actually, became, it came about because, you know, I, I moved out when I was 16. I put myself through undergrad and law school as a poker player and, at 16, um, you played poker. 18, 18 actually. Okay. But I moved out. I was in Washington. I came to Vegas. So yeah, I was 18. Yeah. I started then. And um, so, I've, you know, I've never really um, I've never really had a lot. I didn't have a lot of guidance. I didn't have a lot of mentorship. And I had to figure things out on my own. And, and I was doing this intern for a, a senator, uh, Richard Bryan, in D.C. Went to this class, like, how to get into Georgetown Law. It's where I wanted to go. And I have, like, a 2.5, 2.5 GPA. And, I'm, and everyone in there is from, like, Harvard, Brown, right. all, all these hot fucking Ivy Leagues. And I was like, man, I either have to do something to separate myself or I have to like lower my sights. And I'm not really someone who lowers their sights. So I started thinking about how do I stand out? And so at the time, the home run record was 61. Yeah, you want to, he, you need the mic a little yeah. closer. Yeah, so, yeah, I figured. Yeah, so at the time, the home run record was 61. So I thought, you know, no one knew that. I was just going to try to get 64 credits. So I had to map out how I was going to do it. And so um, I started taking, um, in summer school, I started doing three classes, and sort of mm-hmm. nine credits. And the second semester, I did like 17. And it ended up being 41 credits during the summer. And I got a dean to sign off on them, and I got straight A's. And then I came back in the fall, and I had it all mapped out. Seven in the morning till nine thirty at night. School on Saturday, and um, and if I did, it was gonna be sixty four credits. And he signed off because I just got you know forty seven credits straight A's, and um, and so I did it, you know. And then as a result of doing that, um, national coverage everywhere, like New York Times, booked on Letterman, canceled, a U.S. News World Report, like you name it, I was probably in it, and um, and it worked, and it pretty much got into every school that I wanted to get into yeah. and, and most importantly I got into Georgetown and uh, so that's where I went. And you you mentioned that it was interesting when you're playing in the home games to, to play with these guys that are playing in business at that level but you mentioned to me in some of the notes I took that uh, you ran slots and marketing for Sands but yeah. at some point you told me here that you worked for five billionaires. That's right. And did that have a profound effect on your like your trajectory of what you wanted for yourself I would assume right because that was like if you're networking and around that, I would assume that had a big, uh, big say on who you became. Yeah, and I think like um, this is actually pretty interesting, only because, you know, I the I think one of the reasons that I resonate with, with so many other poker players is, I think a lot of them are like me. You know, they, they've had to whatever they have, they've had to take in life, and yeah. they didn't have people handing them shit, and um, and, and I think people feel an authenticity about me, and um, and so like. 
you know, when I moved out when I was 16, I, I made this huge climb to where I'm at now. And it's like, you know, how did I do it? And, you know, one of the big steps for me was um, this guy, Michael Gaughan, who owned Coast Resorts at the time, a bunch of casinos in Vegas. His son, Brandon Gaughan, was roommates with Alan Iverson at Georgetown. So he's a big Georgetown booster. And John Thompson's partners of his. And so he reached out. He gave me a job when I was a first-year law student. And that was the first billionaire I worked for. And he gave me a chance. Not only that, he did the best thing he could possibly do for me. He put me to work. So I worked every functioning job, whether I was, I went to dealer school as a foreman, a pit manager, soft count, hard count, because we had coin back then. I worked in sports books, surveillance. So I actually knew all the jobs. And that was wow. my job there. He was, yeah. just, he was just paying me to train me. And it was amazing. You know, and so I, I, Michael gave me my first big break, you know, and, um, and without that, who knows? I mean, I feel like I would have found some other break, but he's the, he's the one that did it for me. And, you know, from there, I, I sort of just went on and I, I went to Harris and then left Harris and I went to Delaware North as Jeremy Jacobs, they own like the Boston Bruins. And he has a bunch of casinos. I ran, I ran his biggest casino for him. And, um, and so they're all different. You, you look know? at it. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So we're, just pause one second. organic and in. shit here for okay, your wife. On. Yeah, sir. I'm gonna go. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Get her and I'm going to turn this heat down. Okay. Well, we're back. We uh, let your lovely wife in. You just powered down two cheeseburgers, it looked like. I did. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we, we could have did that right on air, but we didn't, but that's okay. All <laughs> right. So you were telling me uh, basically that you were, basically you were, you were trained to open casinos because you were trained in almost every aspect of yeah. them, how you were mentioning. And, you know, you mentioned this, you said, you know, that was kind of your break. Um, and who knows, you might've been doing something else if that didn't happen. And I, I've often said this, uh, I said it recently, I think I tweeted it or I put it somewhere, it's in my book that I wrote. And it's like, you know, a lot of people think uh, people that are very successful just got lucky. It's not about getting lucky. It's whether it was that opportunity or another opportunity, I believe that certain people that have that success mentality that are just going to go get it are going to do it no matter what. That just happened to be your break. If it was another break, I'm sure you could have had 27 fucking McDonald's. Like, it just doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, there's there's really two types of people in the world. There's people who find a way, and there's people who find an excuse. Yeah. And that's what I think, you know. So I think that uh, get out of bed, yeah, you know, bust your ass. I mean, I, I reinvented myself. I had a 2.5 GPA. I ended up graduating with 3.6 dean's list and every law school taking me all because you made the decision. Class. Yeah. And, and I realized what it took, you know, and I didn't, right. I didn't have guidance and have people telling me ahead of time how to figure it out. But once I figured it out, right. I didn't quit. I didn't see that and get demoralized. Oh my God, what am I going to do? I figured out a fucking way. Yeah. And, and that's what it, that's what it just comes down to. And it's like, there's such a, uh, there's such a respectfully there's such a poverty mentality out there and a victim victimhood mentality for most people and like i find literally most of the people that have found success not all a lot of people have been born with a silver spoon but like myself um you know i've I found a lot of success in my life k i'm k through 12 educated like you said didn't have uh you know came i just came from a very modest background didn't have a, a ton of support um but I knew at some point in my life I was going to figure it out. And it was just basically as soon as one door opened, if that was a door I wanted to, to hit and go through, I did it. Um, and then I see a lot of folks that, that have everything behind them to be a success, and they're just not. So I just think it really comes from – I've said this also and I wrote in my book also is that I believe if, if you took all the successful self-made people in the world – and you strip them from their wealth and you gave them at least left them with something and especially their knowledge, what they what they've already have within who knows what that time is. Those people would rise right back to the top and the people that you gave it to would rise right back or go right back to the bottom. I just believe that personally. So um, now the name of your company. And by the way, I just changed my hat because I wanted you to bring me a hat. So like now I'm in here. Uh, it's the name of your son. Yeah. How old's your son? Uh, Maverick just turned 10. Nice. And uh, so yeah, Maverick Gaming is named after him. Yeah. yeah. So you named it out after him. And is that your only child? No, I got four kids. I got uh, another another son named Ace. He's four. Okay. And my poker rooms are named after him. And uh, and I have two daughters, Angelique and Angelina. They're they're nineteen and twenty. I have a daughter named Angelina. Oh really? Yeah. So that's very cool. That's great, man. Families. That's that's the nuts. Um. So for you. Your casinos are these? I have I know nothing about them. Are they card rooms? Are they big casinos? Are they all profitable? I mean, obviously something's profitable. You're doing very well, but like, talk to me about your businesses and how you leveraged or how you're able to. Because a lot of people wonder, and I I often wonder too, like how someone gets their start. Like, 
you know, did you finance your first uh, uh, casino? Did someone invest with you? How did you eventually roll that into 27? Well, you know, you had fast forward through my career, but I, I spent 10 years as a, a super senior executive at Las Vegas Sands, which is the largest gaming company in the world. And um, at some point, there was an opportunity to buy the Windover Nugget. And the Windover Nugget has 650 hotel rooms, like 1,000 slots and 40 table games and a bunch of restaurants. It's, it's, big, it's a big full-on casino. And it was doing like four and a half million a year. And uh, we knew that if we bought it, me and my partner, Justin Beltram, we could do 10 million the first year. And so we had to, you know, it, it was for sale for 43 million. I had about four and a half million off the top of my head. And, and did you have that four and a half million from working for Sands and saving, doing very well, bonuses, gambling? Where did that come from? I was paid very well at Las Vegas Sands. Okay. And that company is full of mercenaries, top talent in the whole industry. And um, the people who uh, survive and thrive there get compensated very well. But you got to be really good at what you do. And so I was there for a decade. And so I'd put together enough money that I had that. Yeah. And then I got a, a Chatham Financial to go out and give me, I had to personally guarantee everything I had, which was, I had like 40 restaurants at that time. I had a home and um, he gave me a 10% interest only loan for 39 million. And uh, and the first year, yeah, we, we took EBITDA from four and a half to 10 million, which then created about another 50 million of implied equity value, which mm -hmm. we pledged and bought a bunch more card rooms up in Washington. And so up in Washington, unlike in Windover, where I have two casinos, they're card rooms. So they, what they have is 15 table games. They might have a showroom. They all have restaurants and a bar. Yeah. And um, they're more like the size of like a Chili's or an Applebee's or something okay. than uh, the, the large-scale casinos. In Colorado, I have big full-on casinos again, just like the stuff in Windover and, or the stuff I have in Elko. Mm -hmm. so, so Maverick's got a, a bunch of different things, but we're in, we're in northern Nevada. We're in the Seattle market, basically, or mm -hmm. Washington State market. Right. And we're in the Denver market. Okay. And 20, 27 properties. Nice. And so you're not as dumb as you look. I mean, I think I look pretty smart. You do look pretty smart. I say that only because I was leading into this next thing, which says, don't fuck with you, because you said you, you're you're trained in uh, advanced uh, Krav Maga? Krav Maga, yeah. Krav Maga. And you, it, you, it says here that that particular thing specializes in biting, choking, and eye gouging. Yeah, so there's so, no fucking around when when that happens. It's why you don't see Krav Maga tournaments, because... Yeah, because <laughs> no one could see yeah. after the tournament was over. <laughs> it's um, it's threat elimination. Krav, <laughs> Krav Maga means threat elimination, and the whole okay. purpose is to end threats as, as efficiently and quickly as possible. Yeah. My son's about 80% the way through to being a black belt. He's a wow. brown belt right now, and um, he, he's crushing it. problem is he weighs 60 pounds, but... As he gets bigger and older, it's going to serve him well. And I think, you know, what um, it, it, I think it's important in life to to be authentic and be who you are. And yeah, and and part of that is um, being comfortable with who you are. And and so the the things you can do to give yourself confidence. And I, you know, it I, I don't really have fear. And I'm more of a person in life that just we'll see what the fuck happens. And yeah, you know, one time. I, as Ann knows, we were in like a footlocker or some shit in New York City. And this guy was uh, working there. And he, he got commission, right? So he's like 6'6", 260 pounds. Yeah. Big African-American guy. And and um, and he's writing his name on everybody's boxes in line because that way he'd get paid. And then he took these customers in front of me. I'm like, you're not going to fucking take these people in front of me. And I'm with Ann and, I, and we were with Maverick. Maverick's probably four or five at the time. And um, he's like, he never said anything. I just fucking stepped into him. Yeah. We were going to fucking go down. I was already thinking, how am I getting this motherfucker to the ground? Because he's like, I was big at the time, bigger than I am now, but um, he, he's a lot taller. He's a lot stronger. Yeah. And the whole thing was just about, I was going to fucking try to kill him. And um, and so what happened was the manager got in between and literally made him go take a timeout in the corner. Yeah. And he had to stand there. He was so fucking angry, right? Yeah, he was yeah. watching this motherfucker because <laughs> he couldn't come do anything. And I was like, you like I was just hoping he would want to fight. It's kind of like Nate Diaz would be. Yeah, yeah, those, yeah the, the Diaz brothers are, are no fear, no rules, <laughs> and just sort type of, of thing. And you know, it, but I'll tell you the funny part of the story is, yeah, when this shit's gonna go down, you know what she does? She runs out the fucking door. She abandons me. Yeah, she's supposed to kick the guy in the head when he gets to the ground. Yeah, you're smart. Listen, you're the reasonable one. You got a three year old. You need to get out of there. I disagree. So, she got to kick him in the head. Yeah, nah, that's all right. <laughs> um, how about like in business? Do you have you ever had fear in business, or is this just when you say I have no fear, you just mean of another man or a situation? But what about in business and the stress of it and the anxiety? There's a lot of people that even really great entrepreneurs that do struggle with the fear, the fear of failure, yeah. etc. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just wired different. I'm more of a person who literally, no matter what it is, whether it's like shut like look. Yes, I got this hand with the guy from England, and um, he bet he straddles two thousand and without looking, and he somehow wakes up with kings, which I don't know, and ace flops. He makes it eighteen thousand pre flop. He's only got like eighty grand, right? So yeah, I shove them all in because the ace flops. I'm like, if you don't hold an ace, let's just see if he fucking calls. Yeah, if he's got the so balls. It's not about, so that's my point. It's like. I don't know. If, just see what fucking happens. I don't care. Like, yeah. so that has to serve you really well in poker because not having uh, fear is a big thing in poker for a lot of players, especially, you know, if bankrolls on table or it's the, the numbers get too big for them. But you're just saying you don't have that chip. Very few people um, are willing to bluff. And you can YouTube me <laughs> for the amounts of dollars that I do, even yeah. at the top level. Pros. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's arguments against it. Like if you're GTO, you basically never bluff. So it's like, yeah, uh, it's one of these things where, um, I'm going to do it because I think it's fun. And right. And especially in a tiny game like yesterday, where 60 grand, let's just see what the fuck happens. Cause I think maybe it matters to him. Maybe 60,000 well, matters th- to him. That's your, that's your edge. Yeah. Cause it, it probably does. He in made most the cases. call to his credit. He made the call. It took him a while. Who he made is the it? Call. Um, I, he's from England. I, I wish I could tell oh, you. Oh, uh, Ollie G. Ollie G. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and he made the call to his credit. And, um, yeah, but, but for me, it was like, you know, m- Maybe even has a weak ace unfold. It's just one of the, we're just gonna see what happens. But I don't, I am prepared. So like when it comes to Maverick Gaming and I make a bid, I just, to buy something or if there's an issue or I just, I just go right at it. I don't. Do you fear anything? Is there anything you could say, hey, look, look, this is something I fear. It could be anything. Yeah. It could be the IRS. It could be the feds. It could be your wife. I'm, I'm afraid right now as soon as she walked in. I'm like, ooh, ooh, are you afraid of something? Uh, you know, sometimes I'm afraid she won't put up with my shit, but like it seems yeah. like she does so far. So. Yeah. Well, like, if she decides that, not to, she's rich. So <laughs> <laughs> so either way, she, you're drawn dead. She's not. But anyways, yeah. No, you guys, I'm, I'm just kidding. I just don't. Yeah, I don't think about I don't think about failure. I think about how I'm going to succeed, and I, I choose to use my time um, putting myself in really good positions rather than having right. anxiety. Um, and that's part of the reason why um, you know social media is, is I think is actually very toxic, and I think it gets to a lot of people. Yeah, but for me, it's like pretty. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, it's like I don't give a fuck. Like I go right back at them, and what they don't understand is it's easy to be a bitch behind a fake screen name and talk shit, say things you never say in person. You know, like to me, I have no how, respect. For how that. old are you? I'm 48. Okay, so I'm older than you are, but we're from basically the same generation. And I will tell you, I was going to ask you about this. It was on some of my questions here because it seems like you know we both have you way more than me. We both have like really uh, polarizing personalities. Like our personality, you're more than I am. Like you're really polarizing. I am to an extent. And I catch so much shit and so much heat that you and I talked about it offline like yeah. a couple of weeks ago where you're, you're just like, I don't give a fuck, right? And and one of my problems is, is there was a time where I actually did. I'm now getting to that point. But what you said is this. It's like, man, I wish it was the old days because it's like, look, and people are going to hear this and they're going to say, oh, you know, God's violence. No, but it's like you can sit behind that keyboard and you control me. And it's really crazy because it's, I'm not used to that because for my generation, if you did that, it had to be in person and there was consequences for it. So like if I was to, to mouth off like people do on the keyboard, you know, I could face consequences for that or so could you from me. Now, you don't even know who the fuck it is. And and they're just they're just out there and it's just, it's such a weird dichotomy to me because it's such a... Um, it it's so toxic that it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like uh, I just call them out, and yeah, and I and at my core, um, and I think that's why my supporters are are just so strong and they're so active and they attack back and they go back. Yeah, people that's who nice to have that base. And they fucking, you know, and and I think it's because they know at its core I'm authentic. Like, um, I believe in my heart that violence does solve things. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I agree with you. I, I kind of have, because I do this podcast and now do this, you know, the show and everything else, like I've watered down some of my thoughts and things just because sometimes it's just not worth it because of uh, like, because of social media. But yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with you. It's just like, look, man, I have never once, I don't know about you, but I have never one time in my life, whether it's on uh, social media or in person ever for no reason just went 
and went after someone. I've never done that. I've only been the guy that says, okay, you want to do that? Let's go. Yeah, finish you know? it. Yeah, finish it. Let's finish it. Yeah, finish but it. I've never done I'm that. Sorry. And I and it doesn't compute to me to just see somebody make a post and then just go be toxic and attack them and yeah. call them names or do whatever it is. It's just like, it doesn't compute to me because in my generation, there's consequences for that. Yeah, man, it's just swung too far. And like, yeah. it wore you down. Like you just said, it wore you down. You stopped being authentic in some way because... You got tired of the feedback from it. That's it. You know, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I feel like, and I think this is why, I, I think I am like an anti-hero. I think a lot of people I resonate with, I say things they wish they could say or they want to say or they don't have a platform to say. Like, I'm here to fight. And and that could be about business. That could be about life. That could be about poker. Yeah. Um, but but I'm just pure, man. And yeah. I'm not going to fucking change what I say because no, I some, respect that. some bitch is going to fucking make a comment. No, I respect you know? that. I respect because that. I, that's the whole point of getting where I'm at is I can say where the fuck I want, you know, and I understand those consequences <laughs> yeah, yeah. for what I say or what I do. And I'm yeah. prepared to live with them. Right. You know, and like, um, fuck, I mean, I think everybody should be because I think as a stress and anxiety, when you just can't be authentic to who you re really are, you know, honestly, this is the greatest podcast for me. Cause you're hitting the nail on the head for me. I've, I've probably not lived with more anxiety recently just because I have to sit on my hands, especially going through some of the stuff that we'll talk about later yeah. with this Jack forehand and that, you know, I have sponsors, I, I have responsibilities. So it's like, I'm caught sitting on my hands most of the time. And it's not my personality. Cause I'm like you, I'm a fighter, but I'm fair. Like I don't start fights. I don't go after the week. I like to protect them. But like I've had found myself like sitting on my hands and my keyboard fingers and it's very frustrating. So I admire that you're at that stage in your life where you could be that way. And um, there are a lot of people that will watch this and a lot of the, the other folks that, you know, agree with this other ideology of the world now. But I'm still as I'm still one who believes in that. So it's very refreshing to me. Most people are going to probably there are some people going to watch this, think you're a dick, right? Yeah. They'll think you're a bully. Mm -hmm. OK, but. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Yeah, I know you don't care. <laughs> I know. Like, That's like, so funny the, the to me. The thing is, I don't start it. I'll, I'll, I'll always finish it. No, no, I understand. And so let's talk about that. Like, I said this joking to you before uh, we started, and it's like, I didn't know who you were until this. Yeah. I did not know who you were until that. Either to that. Phil. <laughs> Either to Phil. Can you just walk me through, did you... For the for because I don't know. For those of you who don't know, did you know Phil? I know you know of Phil. Was there any talk prior to that? Was there any conversations or interactions prior to that meet? What made you take that approach? What are the? I know there has to be more than one reason. Like just take me through that whole thing of why that happened. Because I'll tell you, he was on monkey tilt, as you obviously know, and. A lot of people are starting to push back on him, but nothing like that. So what was the, was it a strategy or was it just pure? So, so what happened was, um, you know, I, I, I somehow draw Phil Helmuth and um, we're, we're sitting at a feature table and, and I have a lot of awareness of who Phil Helmuth is and I have a lot of firsthand insight into um, seeing the way he's talked to a lot of recreational players, honestly. Like, I don't really give a shit. What he, like, Patrick and I are really close. Like, mm -hmm. he talks shit to Pat, who fucking care? Phil Ivey, same thing. But like when you take a player who sits down at the table and they're like, wow, it's Phil Hill. I'm super cool. I get to sit at yeah. the table. And then he's a fucking dick to them. And I've right. seen him cry and leave. Like, yeah, really dejected that. by it. Yeah. Fuck that, man. Like, and, and so the thing is, um, my personality is such that, you know, he, he came out of the gates hot. He, he was talking shit to me. He so if he that. didn't say anything like that to you, you were not going to do that. I don't need to do No, I, yeah. I was responding proportionally okay. to, to his actions. And I mean, I did needle him in the beginning. I told him the reason we're on the feature table is me. And, and that's when the whole thing started. Yeah, he's you, like, what? You, you poked at his ego. Yeah. He's like, what? Like, he didn't even understand it. But, like, quickly, he, as soon as he started talking shit, I just like, you guys are the wrong man. Like, you're, gonna, yeah, yeah. you're fucked. And, um, and, and you can see, like, and there's so many clips of it where he can't, like, he is, um, he's out of his fucking mind. Like, I, I, I got to, and what happened was I folded a straight. And when I folded a straight where he thought he was going to get paid, that's when the wheels turned. I remember looking at you and, and, like, like fuck him, you know, and uh, and then from that moment on, I think for the next forty minutes, I just fucking took him over. Like even to a point where I'm calling out that I need you to bluff me here. Like I know I know I have the best hand, and like he's like yeah, fuck it. and like it's just it was fucking ridiculous. And um, and I feel like 
you know, Phil is the ultimate fucking nit because, and now look, he's changed his behavior. I called him out for buying 10,000. Now he's pledging his buy. Do you think he will? And I want you to finish your thought, but do you think he will buy in for the three to 500? Do you think that will happen in a game with you and others? Um, I think that, I think that he's look. he's, he's going to have to retire or do it because he's, he said that he's going to do it and he's willing to play with me. I think his biggest problem is he really can't get a lineup because it's it's kind of like Wesley, you know. He might buy in for a million in a five five ten game, like he did when he bought him for three hundred thousand in some stupid little game he was going to do. It ended up getting canceled. It's actually with Hustler, and it was this little San Francisco club. Everyone's going to be buying in ten grand. He's going to buy in three hundred. It doesn't matter, you mm-hmm. know. Like you need to buy in at least three hundred when everyone else has three hundred. Yeah, you have to have the ability to lose it, right? Right. That, yeah. That's what it's all about. Like, Got so, it. So I, I think that ultimately th- that will happen, and yeah. I think that he's gotten enough feedback and pushback and he's realized you know and we've talked about it I, it's not that i disagree with the strategy when you when you buy in short and you knit up i don't if you're trying to win as a grinder in poker what you're doing that is, is the right strat if you're that, grinding to try to that's win. that's the yes. right move man. yes it is but but if you are i'm um, trying to build a brand and you're trying to get views and you're trying to stream and you're, and you're trying to uh, right. go into the upper echelons and you're trying to get in the games that i'm in you can't do it you can't do it yeah, no, I get you know, it. And that's the politics of poker. Yeah, and, and that, that that and and that's what people don't always understand. And there's a lot of people who sit in the, the, the chat groups and they're like, they think ultimately um, the scoreboard is if you win or lose. And no, totally. There, there's a lot of folks that the majority of the people that watch that don't understand the politics of poker, the politics of home games, private so games, streaming. It is so much and so complicated that you could we could literally talk for three hours about that. But most people don't get it, they, they, and they'll never even have a viewpoint into it, and they'll never understand. The, the, uh, I, I played a lot, about thirty thousand hours of recorded life of my life playing poker, and mm-hmm. um, and, and the Bellagio has a ten twenty game, which I think is probably the toughest ten twenty game in the world. It, it's and, it's the toughest game and, in the world. Yes, and, and what happens, <laughs> and, and it's because it's a log jam, right? They get to this yeah. game, they don't know how to get to the next step. So all these people are successful there. But they don't know how to get to the next. Game, that's right. The next game, and the next game is in the room with Justin. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's yeah. even tougher. And so, like, yeah. get, at this point, so you, so you, they've learned this GTO strategy, and they're they're highly effective, but they're capped. They're capped. Their, their yeah. career is their career is basically over. They're never they're they're labeled a pro poker player. They're never going to get into big private games. They're never going to get that's into right. the next step. And so, and they make a lot of them make a good enough life that they're happy with that. And yeah, it depends fine. what they want. It all depends on what they yeah, want. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. It's just what your goal is. Doing that is not going to get you to the next level or in the private games or whatever because it just doesn't go together. I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that's where I think people get confused because if you want to play in the biggest games in the world, you have to be able to get in the biggest games in the yeah, world. Yeah, of course. And so you have to have a strategy that allows you to get there. Totally. So for all those people who think that they, they too could do it, go fuck yourself because you can't or you'd be doing it. Yeah, true. And are are you and Phil friends? Phil Ivy? No, uh, um, Phil Helmuth, back to the point. I, I would say we're frenemies. <laughs> You're frenemies? And did you guys talk after that heads-up match? Um, he gave me a bullshit apology when I was beating Dan Shack in the next round, and he put it on Twitter, and I called him out at Live at the Bike for yeah, such, I remember that interview. bitch-ass apology. Like, yeah. But like, um, so you're not close. We're not close. No. But you're not enemies. We're not enemies. Like me is a nice guy, even though he has his quirks, right? And plus, it's like picking on a three-year-old. So how much fun can that be? <laughs> yeah, you know, can't do that. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. So okay, and um, well, we're gonna try to put that game together. We almost had that, but I think there was a something pulled out, right? We almost had Phil, didn't we, recently yeah. with you and and I wasn't gonna be in that game. Actually, it was Keating. Keating was gonna be. It was a San Francisco home game or whatever. That's what it was. Yeah, ended that's up right. Getting, ended yeah, up getting canceled. It got canceled. Yeah. Who are your favorite people to play with, and why? A perfect lineup for me, mm-hmm. because um, at this point in my life, I like to just play, play with people I want to play with that I like. So it's like, yeah, I'm I always, that. I'm always gonna have Hanks. I'm always gonna have Alan. I'm always gonna have, um, I'm always gonna have Patrick. And if I can, um, and if I can pull uh, JRB and 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 Granio, I do that too. And and so, and then I probably have just a couple of randoms that um, that are new people that can sort of come into the conversation. Yeah. And and, and so for me, like. Um, perfect lineup isn't always the way like a lot of people would be thinking like what's the most profitable lineup is a perfect for me i actually do better in games like that but it's more about how i use my time and so mm-hmm. um do you care if you win yeah i mean i like i, I keep records and it's very important yeah it I, is important to you. Win. like w- winning in anything i do in life is actually one of the biggest even though even though sometimes you're losing be sometimes because you're playing a strat yeah. that is going to be more long-term plus ev to get into games etc so how do you chalk up those losses that probably wouldn't be losses if you didn't 
play to entertain. I mean, that's like last night. It stresses out Anne, bothers her. She knows like I, I made I made three bluffs into spots that I probably shouldn't have done, and and she's watching on a delayed basis, so she knows where I'm at. And she knows this bluff's gonna come. So Anne understands the game. Yeah, she plays five ten. Nice, nice. And, and she gets stressed out by all that. By stuff. By this stuff, yeah. I see this fucking tiny sixty thousand dollar bet. I'm like, come on, man. Like, yeah. It's like, I don't even care. How Is long it, you guys been married? I've been with her parts of three decades. That's cool. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Now, there. What the fuck does that mean? Because she's laughing, you're laughing. Are you guys not married? No, she disagrees. Like, I, oh, I say, I, I, we've been together, we've been married like 15 years. But you've been together for almost parts 30 of, years. But parts of three decades. That's cool though, man. Parts of three decades. Oh, yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah, it's not fully 30 years. Yeah, on and off, 15 years here and there. In his younger days, he was hard to pin yeah. down. Who knows what it is? But okay, we'll we'll leave it at that. But it's good. You can tell you guys are close because you reference her on a lot of different things, and uh, you're lucky to have that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. no, it's really, really cool. I, I could feel the vibe. So um, who – I feel like I could fucking ask you anything, and I'm going to. Who do you can't stand in poker? Are there any poker players you're just like, dude, I do not like that person, and yeah, why? I mean, and, and there's some wrecks. I won't name that. That's not fair. So, like, I, I would, I'd have to talk about people who are just in the public space. And um, so, when I think about well, they wouldn't that, know the wrecks, would they? I mean, I just don't want to be a dick to the wrecks. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's just super mean. Like, because, that's fine. You answer how you want. I have such a disproportionate platform, and plus, then my followers will go after those people. It's like, yeah, no, it's like, cool, it's man. Like, do you do whatever you I, think's right? Answer I, the question how you want, or I you would, don't have to answer. I would. Um, there are people that I that I don't want to play with, and if they're in the game, I just don't come. Is and it because you don't like that person, or you just don't like how they play? Well, usually they're like really shitty players, but I don't like their attitude. That's what I'm saying. Who don't you like? And and again, don't name the Rex, but is there anyone that anyone knows that you don't care to, that to name that you're like? I just don't like this person. Yeah, it happens all the time. So like people organize privates, they know if there's certain players that, that I'm just not going to go. And I'm yeah. I'm very profitable against them. It's, it, that's not that's never the reason. It doesn't matter. I get it. You it's, don't want to be around people that you don't like. I, yeah, I don't want to use my time. Same way, hanging out with people that I just don't want to be around. Yeah, there was a time when I was going to undergrad, I'd line up the fucking door to play with these fucking people because I need the money. Yeah, you know, but that day's passed. So now I play with people I like. I enjoy yeah, because you're going to spend your time the way you want to spend it. Yeah. So we're not going to get a name. No, that's cool. That's um, cool. I thought I'd get one. I thought you were the type, but I that's mean, okay because I think that's the smarter route. But you know, that's I, fine. I just, I, don't do it. Don't do it. Let's just move on. I don't think I got one. You, okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That I can name this fair. Who do you like the most in poker? Like the most as a person, not a player. I mean, I, I'm the closest with, with Antonius. And, uh, he was a big hit last night. He, everyone was in the chat and saying, what a class act, the way he acted, how he how he takes everything. I'm, I'm really good for him because he, he's been obviously doing TV for a really long time. And we started playing together in high stakes poker. And I get him to talk. And and I think that that's one of these things for so long when he was on TV, he didn't talk a lot. And he just... No, that's right. And, and so now... Especially when he's with me, there's conversation, there's things coming, and it's and it's. I think people you're really helping enjoy bring it. him out. I think people really enjoy it they, because for pa sure, Patrick's a super nice guy and he's super funny, and um, he gets comfortable around me. He's even fucking cussing yesterday. It was pretty cool. Yeah, man. that's not his that mo on online on stream. I know, I know. That's I, cool. I have an ability to like you know degenerate people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. right. What your biggest loss and your biggest win in a game? I went over a million many times, yeah. and I've lost. Um, I don't know, Ann. What do you think is my biggest loss? 800? I don't, I don't even know if I lost 800. I've million. lost a How'd you feel about that, Ann? Did it stress you out? It was all within like a 30 minute period. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, 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 no gamble, no future. I lost a million on that. Were you yeah. freaking out? It's fucked up, Nick. With like 30 minutes to go, <laughs> with 30 minutes to go, I stacked Hanks. And what people don't understand is Alan Hanks and I go closer to the mic just people, for, for my guy. Yeah, freak what, out over what there. people don't understand is yeah. Alan, Alan Hanks and I play all the fucking time. Yeah. We probably traded 40 million dollars in hands forth, in yeah. the last three months, right. and so with 30 minutes to go, I stack Hanks <laughs> with Kings. And he's vomiting. He's like, no one knows how to feel except you, Alan. He's like, oh, he's so he's so demoralized, and then. And then, with like five hands to go, that motherfucker gets uh, dealt a flop flush when I flop two pairs, and Alan holds the ace of clubs, so he has a he has a nut draw redraw. We get it all in again, <laughs> and um, of course he wins, and that's what Ann's talking about. So yeah, so that, that swings a million dollars. Yeah, and, um, and that's my that's my biggest loss was, was sure. our no gamble no future. I, I win more than I lose, think, thankfully, and, and my big wins are bigger than my big losses. That's good, yeah. But um, but at the levels we're playing, and especially with that group, 
because we just go down to Aria afterwards and play even more. You know, it's like there, there's big, big hands. And I think later, not that night, but the next day, I, I ended up fucking stacking Allen for like 800. It just wasn't on TV. Mm. <laughs> right. So I always ask people this that I think the number would be interesting. You don't have to answer. What's your net worth? Uh, you know, there's so many ways you'd calculate net worth and, yeah. and, and, and based on the valuation of my businesses. And yeah, of um, course. You, you could argue. You could argue that I'm a billionaire or that I'm not. It's just it right. Depends. You're on the yeah. bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how you add it up. Yeah. I think either which way you go a little bit this way or that way. I don't think it matters if it's that number. Right. It's so around there somewhere that could that maybe make sense why you could uh, dust off 250 and, and not worry about it. So, you know, these are things that I think people really want to know, you know, like the the person watching or your fans or I, I has anyone ever asked you that on a on a show? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, oh, they, they, they mess it not on a show, but people message me. Well, they message you, but this yeah. has never been a public statement. I don't think so. Nah, no. I think people are going to yeah. dig it. They yeah. want to know, man. Yeah. Um, OK, how about this? And I'll just let you um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to ask you a question and then I'm going to kind of preface it to, to me. So, you know, September 29th, we had the big jack forehand, right? Yeah. And we're still uh, in the middle. People are, you know, been trolling me about still investigating. Oh, what are we doing? Well, it takes a long time. We got investigators still making calls. Um, uh, things happening. We just finished with our cyber stuff. So, so I stay in. I, I stay neutral to this. Yeah. So I'm just going to be asking you the questions because I think it's the right thing for me to do. And I've said this often, and I'm going to say it again. I believe wholeheartedly, and this is not on anyone's side or not side. I believe wholeheartedly. Like in a situation where it's one hand and there's not any sample size to go for two years, three years and look over something, that it's almost impossible for someone to have anything but an opinion. And I am a innocent until proven guilty guy. And especially when it comes to someone's reputation, because if, for example, somebody is innocent and a million people get out there and they start coming up with all these things that have come, it... it I think it's a it's a shitty thing, and that's why you know we have to let the process go. But I don't care what your opinion is. Meaning, like I want you to sling it. What do you think about that whole thing, including Robbie Garrett? Uh, what your thoughts are on the hand? What your thoughts are? Anything you want. It's just free freelance. Yeah. So so the, the way to think about it is, um, and I'll, I'll walk you through it in real time. And for, first of all, um, Garrett, I think wholeheartedly has a lot of conviction and believes sincerely what his opinion is. I do and, too. And I think that um, his reputation is such that it ends up weighing, giving a lot of credibility. And and so, you know, I, I think I think a lot of Garrett. I think of him as a poker player, I actually think as a person. Same. And and so um so I, I believe that he he really he really truly in his heart and he's had a lot of access to private games where he probably um, didn't have honest outcomes and he had this he had some different life experiences I grew up in casinos playing in regulated games and yes and so um, never had things like that and yeah and so um so so that that's first off you so so I can tell you in real time when Garrett did that I was like fuck what Garrett's gonna do is bust this fucking game and these two uh, ding dongs Rip and Robbie are gonna quit and the game's gonna bust and so I do you know interview so you weren't happy guys. about that no and and um and, and I say look they can play with me anytime because they can yeah. And and so and so when I look at that and, and 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 it was she cheating. Well, here's the thing. I don't know. And um and I think that um I don't always have all the information, but I, I have the information I had firsthand, right? So I can tell you that when 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 Rip realized she was giving the money back and before previous to that moment, he wasn't nervous and trying to exit the building, like if someone's guilty. Robbie hangs out two hours after the fucking stream and is talking to Nick and or, or Ryan and and just and me yeah and, and just just there you know and yeah. that's not the, something I think someone who's a criminal probably does and then she goes on every fucking media she loves the social media you yeah. know and and if and I'm a lawyer right so if you're guilty you, your lawyer would tell you shut the fuck up and she's in the opposite shutting the fuck up and um, and so you look at all those actions and then you look at her pressing charges on Brian which is my understanding. Mm -hmm. She and, did, and and so if if you do that, then Brian probably he had a chance at this two hundred thousand. He has a previous criminal record. I'm told um, he, he would he would rat it out in a second. Right. So that is true. So um, all these things lean to a spot where if someone puts a gun to my head, I would say that she's just a, a dingbat and made a mm -hmm. fucking and, and 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 then this call on that spot is even more ridiculous, which adds even more to the complexity of it. Of course. Um, she had this hand against me 
where I have ace eight and she has ace king. Yeah. I don't see, think, Min raised a turn. I, I just don't, with only a small amount behind her. And I just don't think that she's overall should be technically capable of doing that. It was a really good play. And, and if you, and if Robbie, you did do that. So um, I, I've never used a time extension in my life. That's the first one I ever used. I came to the conclusion. I knew I had the best hand, but I believe she was going to call. That's why I'd use a time extension. And that shocked me. And I'm very rarely ever, I'm a very fast player. And I was very surprised mm-hmm. to see her do that. So where I, where I said, what does is, it mean to me? It, it means that that's a play that I did not think was in a range. And, and at the time, as I was thinking about it, it made me feel like it was more likely than not that maybe there was some other. So then I, so you're saying it sways back and forth with different factors, but, but over time I, I'm, I rested on a spot where I think it's more likely than not. She was not cheating. Right. I got it. And, um, but if she was, I wouldn't be shocked. No, I understand. Like, I think that's a fair-minded uh, analyzation of it. I really do because it's hard to—you can't just know. No one knows. Um, why do you think she gave the money back? You know, and that's one of the things in the time. Like, why would you give the money back? Like, it, it, like even if you are a criminal, why would you give the money back? Like, what you, you really thought it was right. just going to go away? Like, right. I you have to. Ask, it makes no sense. Like, yeah. I, I think it, it is befuddling. Correct. It, yeah. Like. Um, one of the things that, that I'll say in, in a general sense, and I don't know Robbie, and so this doesn't necessarily apply to her, but what I can tell you is in a stressful situation, which that seems like it would be a stressful situation, right. um, and, and I've had um, you know, I, I've had a, a reasonable amount of women in my life, and, and, and a lot of women um, can be accommodating. Like they, they think that maybe this will make things better or go away or like- sure. Like, you know, like they're Who not built, they're not built like me. You, just, you give me if I win that fucking hand, and you don't give the money back. I said, go fuck yourself. No, I get it. You know, right? But, but she did not. But do that's that. not. But she's not you. Yeah, and, and that's and, what you're saying. And and, and so like, it, it may be more the way she's shaped and just her personality set. Sure. And maybe she's hoping that you know she wanted to stream a lot. I think she likes the attention, yeah. and she's like, man, I don't want to get kicked out of hustle. Maybe she's thinking all the. I can't speak for her mind. I understand. But but it's like, there, there's a lot of reasons. I think it was a mistake to give the money back, but there's a lot of reasons where it happens probably. Sure. And um, what do you think? I've never asked you this question. It's not a setup question for anyone mm. listening that thinks it is. What do you think about the circus that was made around it for the n- next three weeks after that and how Rex, pros, content creators, and you know, you already know this. I've been attacked uh, for things... Um, uh, been accused of being a uh, part of it so has my staff and i was gonna say and so have you for mouthing something winking <laughs> so all that shit so which i mean what's your thoughts on that whole question um just that's, that's social media man and, and um for me the most productive way to think about it and this is just how i'm wired is mm-hmm. robbie's irrelevant she really is i sorry robbie i don't think you're gonna be the next superstar in poker and um and i just don't but you know prove me wrong and that's what's amazing about poker because right you can you you know it's not it doesn't matter if you're man or woman rich or poor if you're good enough you, you can get there but um what matters is that we have safe secure streaming environments you know and that um and, and that we have controls where there's confidence that when it come in for the amounts of money especially if, like al and i hanks jerry coming in we're gonna be really fucking big and we got to know that the shit's up and up and legit and, and you know, our, our whole card is being displayed in real time. Is there a 30 minute delay? Or just all, all these different things will, will get asked eventually, I think. And, and we're counting on really you guys to come back at the end. And obviously I'm streaming in the meantime, right? Yeah, and, of course. And, um, and tell us what's going to be different. Did you, you know? have to use one of those new bags we gave you yesterday? Was that in play? I, I don't bring anything in the room. So you don't bring anything. No, okay. they just warned me. And yeah, I yeah. Came in, Got know, it. Like, what do you? How do you feel? Like honestly, how do you feel about being accused of being part of that? <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Like the thing is, like um, it, it's made by people who just aren't that educated as to who I am, and so. When you when you are in the industry I'm at, and the, the amount of background checks that I have to go through, and the amount of licenses I have to have to have yeah. my casinos, and where my fucking wealth comes from, right. it doesn't come from winning even a million dollars in a fucking poker game, yeah. or or losing two hundred thousand dollars. 
it, it comes from Maverick. You know Gaming. what the answer to the nim the, the nimrods that want to continue with that thought process? Well, he may be a billionaire. He may have all this money, and it may not be a lot. But some people love the rush of cheating. They love the rush of getting over on someone, and that to me is just I I, I just think it's ridiculous. I thought it was ridiculous. I still think it's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's how someone gets past what you just said. Yeah, I mean, and they can they can like anybody can find a way to to yeah. do whatever. But like from from a logic standpoint. My money comes from um, Maverick Gaming. And yeah, I'm I'm a profitable poker player, and um and, and I do, I'll make more in a year than most people make their entire lives playing yeah. poker. But that being said, I make even more at Maverick Gaming. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, what do, is there anything about you that's misunderstood or are you just everything on your sleeve type of guy? Like, is there anything out there where you could say you're literally different than how polarizing you are as far as how you look, carry yourself? Is there a different, maybe I should ask Ann, but is there a different side to you or is this what you see, what you get? I don't know, man. Like, what do you think, Ann? Yeah. What do you think, Ann? Yeah. He's really engaged with his family, his kids. Yeah. And there, yeah, you're you're correct. Actually, I would, I could tell because I could tell by your connection how we. I'm, I'm not bullshitting either. There's no reason for me to, but definitely can see that. And uh, that would lead to my next question, which I know is the answer. What is the absolute most important thing to you in life? You know, um, it's one of the things to think about all the time. It's like, for me, like the most important thing. Um, when I wake up every day is, uh, you know, I, I, I um, try to be a better man, try to be a better husband. Yeah. Try to be more successful in whatever the fuck I'm doing. Try right. to make my children more. Yeah, you, you get emotional when you talk about yeah. it because it means that much to you. You're going to fucking make me cry. Two fucking alpha males <laughs> going to fucking cry and we got Ann over there laughing at us. Um, no, I dig, dude, I'm glad I interviewed you because I, I dig that. I respect that more than anything you said here today. I'm the same way, man. So, Kudos to you for being the exact person that I think a lot of people would want to be. I respect. Uh, and I don't, dude, just so you know, even though I've watered my shit down because of all the things I told you, I'm not a bullshitter. I'm not an ass kisser. Uh, I'm not an Insta bro. I don't care about people who have wealth. I will give the person who has less, as much attention as time as someone who has a ton. I hate that kind of shit. So when I say this, I'm letting you know it's sincere. I, I, I respect the shit out of you at least getting to a place in your life where you don't give a shit and you can say and be who you want. I really respect that. And your last answer about your 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 kids and your wife um, is the absolute nuts. And you literally are the epitome of someone who has everything. And so however that happened, whatever you did to make that happen, God bless both of you because it's a really cool situation to be in. And I mean that. Um, is there anything else you want to say, talk about before we close this thing out, before you go dunk off another quarter million? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, I, th I think we've covered a lot of topics. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming all the way down to yeah. do this. I asked you. You said yes. You were easy about it. Um, I do appreciate that. Uh, I think your fans, and like you said, even the people who don't like you will appreciate this podcast. I did save that clip you sent me from Howard Stern and it resonated with me, which again, if you're listening, was basically, um, what'd they call that guy? Rat guts or puke guts? Yeah, uh, uh, what the fuck? Anyways, the guy that hated him, his producer, uh, was basically trying to get him out and he's talking to the guy and he's like, but people who love him, the viewers up, well, people who hate him are watching him and there was just no stopping Howard Stern and no matter how many fans he had and how many haters, he was popular for that and I think that's kind of uh, the same for you and I've said this to many people too, you know, I take a lot of shit, I take a lot of heat too because my personality is a lot like yours and, um, and for a lot of other reasons and especially through this uh, Robbie Garrett thing. But I'll tell you what, when, when the rubber hits the road and I'm out in public or maybe just people don't have the guts, but like, I was at the WSOP, I go to different casinos, I, I get uh, probably like you, I get a ton of people saying and doing nice things and et cetera. So if you're out there, just push past the idiots and um, again, thank you for coming in and taking your time to do that. Yeah, thanks I, for having I me. I appreciate it. Okay, there it is. Eric Pearson, his lovely wife, Ann, who, can you come in and just show him who you are? Just come and say hi. Just walk to the front and say, hi, I'm Ann. Come sit next to your husband, sit on his lap, whatever. This is, this is the 
the power behind the power <laughs> right here. I can tell you for sure. Thank you, guys. This is the Nick Fertucci Show. I am Nick Fertucci. Again, thank you. Envy out. Thank <laughs> you.